Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. I'm Catherine. I'm part of the leadership team here and I am so thrilled and privileged to be able to speak to you guys this morning. I have something that I really believe the Lord has called me to share with you guys today and so we're going to jump right in and start. So what I actually want to ask you guys first off is does anybody actually remember the store Bed Bath & Beyond? I know it's still a thing, like it's definitely still a store, but reading the news and seeing them pop up, I'm like, yeah, I remember that place. So apparently right now, Bed Bath & Beyond is in the news because they are closing some doors, which again, I didn't even remember they existed, so it's kind of funny to me that this is kind of the big news. But we look at Bed Bath & Beyond and their history, even just the last couple of years, They've been kind of trying to just tweak some things. A few years ago, they brought on a new CEO. He was a former Target bigwig guy, brought him on to try to, you know, amp things up, kind of do some new stuff. They uh, even stopped giving away so many coupons, <laughs> which is just so surprising to me. I feel like the majority of my junk mail comes from Bed Bath & Beyond, 20% off. But they're, they're lessening that. They're trying to get a little bit more high-end brands. They also have kind of jumped on the, what was it called, the uh, meme, meme stock media where they're trying to get a lot of share followers from, or shareholders from like online platforms and things like that because that's a thing now. Not going to lie, I had to look up what that meant. But they're trying all of these things. This company is making all these decisions. They're trying to move in the right direction but it's just not working. They're trying so hard, they're making choices, but it's just not working. And so what we see in the news right now is apparently right now, Bed Bath Beyond, they're closing 150 stores and they're laying off probably about 20% of their employees. Rest in peace, Bed Bath & Beyond. But I share this story with you guys because it's actually something I think a lot of us could resonate and bring into our personal life. How many times have you felt like you have been making all of these right decisions, even tweaks, going, you know, trying new things, doing, doing something that you feel even you're led by God to do, and it doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. You have to close some doors. You have to adjust. You have to shift things aren't going the way that you think they should. We are going to talk about that this morning. We are going to pull from the Bible what it looks like to have seasons like that, but to still trust God. So lean in with me today. We're going to jump in. I'm going to, te I'm going to teach from the book of 1 Kings. We're going to talk about the prophet Elijah, and it's going to be amazing work today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for just what you are doing in the hearts of our church God, I pray that you would be with me as I speak today. God, I pray that you would allow all of our hearts to be open, to hear you, to receive from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to jump right in. We are reading from 1 Kings this morning, chapter 17, verse 1. This is the introduction of Elijah to the Bible. And it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn eastward and hide yourself in the brook Cherith, 
which is east of the Jordan River. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to sustain you there with food. So he went and did in accordance with the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, which was east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and eat and meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So what I want to do real quick is give you quick little context. We see Elijah is just jumps into the scene here, but I want to give you a little bit of why he's here, what's happening. So the history of the people of Israel prior to Elijah is one of extreme disobedience. We had King David reigning. We had his son Solomon, who is a known king, making the temple of God, doing all these great things. But then all the things that they are doing well, they start making different choices. And so God, of course, is upset by this, and there are consequences for this. So we see after King Solomon, king after king after king are doing evil in the sight of God. And then enter King Ahab, which is the king in our story. And he is known as the worst of the worst. The Bible literally says that he did more evil in the sight of God than any kings before him. It also says that he did more to arouse the anger of God before any king of Israel. That is a tough <laughs> reputation to have. But that is the king that Elijah is called to come and speak to. So this is our backstory. That was just your free quick little Bible lesson to help you understand where we're starting this morning. So let's continue the story. Elijah comes in. He speaks this word to Ahab saying, it's not going to rain until I say that it's going to rain. Ultimately, until God says that it's going to rain because Elijah is speaking on God's behalf. And then it continues in verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying, Go from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan River. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to sustain you there with food. Okay, I've got to stop here for just a second because I'm trying to track what God is doing for Elijah right now. He says he's hiding him, he's protecting him. You know, he just gives this big declaration and God wants to protect him. So he says, go to this brook. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds nice. I like brooks, you know, they're babbling. It's nice. My sound machine at night to sleep with is like a little brook. It's very sweet. So I'm like, okay, I'm on board. And then God says, I will use ravens to feed you. And I just, I have to say, when I think of this verse, this is how Catherine reads the Bible. When I think of this verse, I think of ravens coming to feed Elijah. My mind immediately goes to Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. I don't know if you guys have seen it, if you know it at all, but this movie is literally centered around this town in California where birds just start attacking everyone all the time at birthday parties, like in the downtown square, all of this stuff. And so I think of the ending scene is Tippi Hedren, the actress. She goes into this house and she starts hearing fluttering noises. And what does she do? She walks towards them. Like, first off, I just, I don't understand. She follows the noises like, oh, I wonder what that could be. And in true, like, horror film fashion, you know, slow motion, opening the door really slowly. And she walks into this attic. Long story short, the birds had pecked through the roof. They're filling the room. Tippi Hedren walks into the room and, of course, becomes attacked by these birds. 
it's a great film. I highly recommend watching it. But for me, that is how I'm reading this story, is I'm imagining these ravens just attacking. That's not what happens at all. That was just a side note of how Catherine reads the Bible, and I thought it was humorous. So I really wanted to share with you guys. But so God is calling Elijah to go to this brook. He is allowing him to drink from the stream, and he is using birds, ravens, to feed him. This is miraculous. And so Elijah is faithful. It says in verse 5, Elijah went and did in accordance with God. We don't see any context here of Elijah wrestling or struggling with God. God speaks, Elijah trusts, and Elijah obeys. Now, a lot of you maybe have seen me here at High Point Church. I've actually been a part of this church from the very beginning. It'll be nine years in November, which is crazy. And a lot of you maybe have seen me or known me as, you know, on the leadership team. I'll lead in some capacity, whether it's worship or production or speaking to you guys, but it did not start out that way. And so when I first met Pastor Andy and Amy, when they moved up here, I was living in Atlanta. I was pursuing a lot of other things. I was in Atlanta. I had a job there. I was interviewing for grad school, applying to grad school, but I felt like God was calling me to go and be a part of what he was doing here in Kennesaw in the Ackworth area. And so for me, I had to, I had to pray about that. That was a big move. But like Elijah, like God calls Elijah to go somewhere, I wanted to be faithful to God. I wanted to do as he is, was leading me to do. And so I had to believe for four things for this to happen. I needed a car. I didn't have a car. I needed a job in the Kennesaw area. I needed a house and a roommate, of course. And so these four things I prayed for, I believed for, and I kid you not, without exaggeration, within one month, God provided all of that for me. And so I was excited. I was stoked. I'm like, okay, I'm moving to Kennesaw. I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing here. And so part of this story that I love sharing is seeing God's provision, God provided, just like we see in the story with Elijah. God called him to go somewhere. Elijah chose to trust and obey him, and his provision came through. It says in verse 6, The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. God took care of Elijah. So these are the moments that we love to testify about, right? Like, oh, you know, I was faithful. God called me to do something, and he provided. He was there. God is so good. My faith is strong. Like, these are the top of the mountain moments. Like, I will talk to you about these all day long. But this isn't where Elijah's story ends. It continues. Verse 7, it says, It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Uh-oh. God said he would provide, yet now the brook is drying up. Elijah's means for provision is disappearing. I believe the vast majority of us can relate to this. We can relate to what this moment felt like. We were faithful. We heard God and we took a risk. We stepped out in faith and we did what we truly believed God was calling us to do but then it doesn't work out the way that we think. We have unmet expectations. What we thought was 
what God had called maybe looked differently. And now we're confused. Our brook is drying up. And we might have had a season where, like Elijah did, we were able to drink from the brook. We saw the fruit of what God was doing. But what I find interesting about Elijah's story is that the brook didn't just dry up overnight. This was a time of drought. So Elijah was sitting there and he was watching as the brook gradually started to dry out. He was watching as what God had promised to provide for him started to disappear. That's hard. That is a hard place to be in. And this is where we start to get confused. We start to feel abandoned. We did as God asked, but we did not see what we expected to see. So looking back at my story, I moved to Kennesaw. Things are great and exciting. And six weeks later, I lost my job. That was a doozy. It was a painful falling out with my employer. It was confusing to me. And I started to question, God, did you call me to do this? First off, he was calling me to be a part of a church. This is spiritual. Like, God's got to be in that, right? But what I expected to happen, what I had trusted was going to allow me to really dig deep here, it didn't turn out the way that I expected or that I had hoped. I lost my job. And so at this point, I had a choice to make. I could choose to either trust God and believe that whatever the next step was would be what he was asking of me, or I could be filled with fear and doubt and ultimately lose what God was calling me to do. So how do you respond when your book runs dry? How do you respond? You might actually be in this moment right now. God has called you to do something. You trusted him. You obeyed him. But now you aren't seeing what you wanted. The promise he gave you is not turning out how you expected. That new job, it's now taking away time from your family. That marriage, it's causing stress and resentment. That new house, it's become a money pit. Or maybe you've entered a dry season where you just don't feel God. You feel like you have been faithful to what he has asked of you, but now all of a sudden, he's just gone. You feel dry. That medication you felt called to take, it isn't working anymore, and your depression is back. That relationship you felt led into is over, and your loneliness has escalated. Whatever your dry brook looks like, it's discouraging, disappointing, painful, and confusing. God doesn't say your difficult season will be good, but he does promise to work it together for your good. So how do we trust God in these difficult seasons? At this point in our text, I'm going to make a few inferences. It doesn't explicitly tell us what's going on in Elijah's mind or kind of in his life. And it doesn't even give us really an insight of his relationship with God, how he's come to the place where he is. But by seeing how Elijah responds so immediately to God with such seemingly great and strong faith, we can infer that Elijah had a deep relationship with God. He had a connection. And that can be built by spending time with him. 
Our faith in God grows as our trust in him deepens. And our trust in him deepens as we interact with his word. The easy thing for me to say to you all right now is to go read your Bible. Great, you're in a dry season, you feel discouraged. Man, go pick up that Bible and just read it. You're gonna feel great. Okay, yes, that while is true, obviously, it's a lot easier said than done. When you are in a place of dryness, when you are in a place of confusion, it's hard to just turn to your Bible and immediately just feel filled or feel better. And I, I, wanna, I wanna help you all understand that that's not what we expect. As your leaders, as your pastors, your emotions are valid. And I want you to hear that. I want you to know that being disappointed, being discouraged, feeling pain, that's okay. Emotions are not a sin. And so I want to just encourage you of that this morning, that while we don't want to stay there, we don't want to remain there, just because you're feeling that way doesn't mean that you're far from God. It doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't care about you, but he is there for you. I, I believe that. I fully believe that. So what do we do when we do feel drained and just opening a Bible verse isn't like, Woo, all right, I feel good. Let's start my day. So I'm going to go back to the year 2020, <laughs> the best year ever. Everyone loved it. I know it was great for everyone watching. No, it was not. 2020 was hard for a lot of us. For me personally, actually, 2020 was very difficult prior to even the global pandemic coming and being a part of our our daily lives. The beginning of 2020 for me was marked by burnout and by depression. And that was a dry season for me. I was working in ministry. I was pursuing God. I was doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. And then all of the sudden, seemingly all of the sudden, obviously, God knew what was going on. My brook gradually was drying up, but I like to think it was all of the sudden. I found myself in a state of depression, of burnout. And I will be very honest with you guys. I didn't want to, not that I didn't want to open my Bible, but it wasn't something that I just felt like was going to make everything better. It took all of my energy just to get out of bed and to leave my room. And I believe that there are people here watching, hearing this story, and you can resonate with this. You know, you may not have had a deep, depressing moment but you understand what it's like to feel dry, to feel like all of your energy is being used to simply survive. So I ask again, how do we trust God in these difficult seasons? The answer remains the same. Our faith in God grows as our trust in him deepens and our trust in him deepens as we interact with the word but it may look different depending on what type of dry season that you're in. There will be seasons where you will experience a dry book like Elijah, but you will have a reserve of faith and trust in God that you can get in the word and you can rebuild that, that faith even deeper and stronger to help you through that season. And those moments are amazing. But then there are seasons where you are depleted, where your resilience reserve, if you will, 
has run dry. Now what do you do? That's where I found myself in 2020. So I want, I want you to take a moment. I know we're online. I know this looks a little differently. But I want you to take a moment. I want you to think of the people in your life. I want you to think of who you spend time with, whether that's a life group that you're a part of online in our community, whether that's people at your workplace, wherever it is, I want you to think about, think about the fact that there are people in your life. And do you think that maybe those people God has placed in your life for these moments? These are people that Specifically, we're talking about people that know God, that follow God. And God is going to use them to help you in these seasons, to bring you encouragement, to remind you of who God is. We are communal creatures created by a communal God. We are meant for community. And so this church, this community, it is meant to help us in these moments. I will say for myself that when I was in that season, when I... Just, I didn't have the energy to really fight for myself. I will tell you without a shadow of a doubt that there was never a moment where someone was not speaking life over me. Whether it was from afar through prayer or directly to my face, I had people in my life that were speaking who God was. And I will tell you, it's hard to remain discouraged and doubtful when you're surrounded by love and faith. Our community is meant to help us in these moments. And as people began to speak life over me, as this community stood in the gap for me, believing for me, I was able to regain regain strength and eventually be able to speak the truth myself again. We don't want to always rely just on community, but they brought me back to a place where I had the strength to go to the word to believe in God, to trust that he was moving and working all things together for my good. God doesn't say your difficult season will be good, but he does promise to work it together for your good. How do you respond when your book runs dry? My hope is that you will trust God, that you will continually remind yourself of who he is, by declaring his truthful word over your life. I want to share just a couple verses to get you started. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere that you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you. He will go before you. He will not leave you or abandon you. And Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Elijah trusted and obeyed God. And we see in 1 Kings 18 that after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. 
in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Elijah had to wait three years in drought, trusting that God would meet his needs. And during that time, Elijah remained steadfast. He might have had moments of discouragement. He might have not quite understood what God was doing, but he continued to seek God out so that as soon as God spoke, Elijah responded. He was ready. God said, okay, the rain is coming. And Elijah immediately responded. He went and he prayed for that. And the drought was over. You may not know how long your drought will last. And you may not know what the next step will be. But God does. He promises to work all things together for your good. Lord, I thank you that you are always with us that you'll, you will never forsake us, you will never abandon us. God, I pray that this word this morning would bring life to our hearts, life to our souls, God. Lord, I thank you that you move even in the dry seasons, even when we don't feel you. God, we can stand on the truth that you are always there. God, I pray that you would build our community around us, to encourage us, to edify us, God, in the moments of deep despair. And Lord, ultimately that we would look to you, that we would trust in you, and that your word would give us strength to make it through whatever it is that comes before us. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, that you are in our hearts and in our lives and you care about all of the things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you guys are encouraged. I ask if there's anything that you need, reach out. Let us know. We as a community, we are here for you. We want to help you understand what God is doing in your life. So thank you for joining us this morning, for being a part of what God is doing today for High Point Church. And we'll see you right here next week.